GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. Good evening and welcome to our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern and we talk about guns for about an hour or so. Each night we have a different topic. We're not just doing this to spin wheels or to create an experience for sponsors because we don't have sponsors and uh, we're not looking for fame and fortune. Instead, what we're attempting to do is to promote and to create awareness and we're going to do that uh, by doing focus on a different aspect of our Second Amendment each night. Um, got distracted by something here, and I definitely think I need to put out more mousetraps. Uh, each night we uh, take a look at a different thing. On Mondays, it's motivation. We interview as many people as we can in the Second Amendment realm that are doing interesting and innovative things. On Tuesdays, we focus on the Second Amendment. We dig into a different state each week. We take a look at it. We take a look at some, an organization and an activist, if possible, if not more. Each, each. Oh, yeah, I definitely have a mouse problem. Huh. Huh. Makes me wonder why a mouse would be even coming up here in the first place. I just got back, and I noticed a bunch of mouse signs. I'm not real happy about all right, so uh, let's see. That takes us to Wednesday. We did a tactical quiz. We attempt to do one each week. Thursdays, we divide it up between travel and training. And then on Fridays, we uh, look back at the other folks who've been doing interesting stuff focused on the Second Amendment and do our best to highlight that, give them the uh, shout-out and the kudos for their effort, and then uh, using whatever platforms and soapboxes we've got do our best to help promote, spread the word and the reach on those projects. Saturdays, we get together with Tony Simon and CloverTech and answer gun questions that come in from simple to advanced as best we can as longtime gun owners with different experiences. And then on Sundays, I like to wrap up seven days worth of content with uh, taking a look at Instagram and shoving it onto YouTube to cross the platforms a little bit because I follow different people on YouTube and then I do on Instagram uh, offers what some people have, it seems to be one of our more popular shows as far as feedback and views. 
uh, gives people an insight as to some of the things that are happening, not just on a different platform, but maybe in different topics or interests. All that being said, thanks everybody for showing up today. It is Thursday and we will be talking about uh, training this week, kind of usually teeter-totter between travel and training on Thursdays, or sometimes uh, do both. It's possible to do both, you know. You can travel to training and you can learn from the places you go to. Both of those are possible. All right, well, tonight, though, we're going to be talking about training for two-way activism. I think that's kind of an interesting thing. And uh, let's see. Put this here. Um, and there's a lot of aspects to it. So I'm going to first off wash my hands because I've been touching things from a mouse that I don't want to be touching. So I'm going to be right back. We're going to listen to a commercial from... Uh, the show that I talked about that we do on tomorrow. No, on Saturdays. This one. AskGunQuestions.com is a website that we built back in 2007. And since then, for the last 15 years, people have been able to ask questions of simple to advanced nature, and we attempt to answer them in different ways over the years. Join us now as we start a new series to answer gun questions. Welcome back. All right, so uh, training. We got a lot of operate, lots of ways we could go with that. I think I'm just going to open up a um, just open up the description of this video. It's not doing anything super fancy here, or can I? Nope, I have to open up a Word document. Uh, let's just get into some of the ways that you can prepare to be an activist. Uh, I think knowing about the Second Amendment is probably a good idea. There's some books for that. Somebody might want to throw some ideas out for books that they've read or, I don't know, hearing about a book is one thing, but uh, maybe a book that you've read or that you can recommend because it's on a lot of book lists or something. But, uh, you know, there's knowing about the Second Amendment. So I'm going to just share my screen here. I think we'll do it this way. This is a way to do it. Oh, click the wrong button. Kind of click the right buttons. And since we, uh, Sharon, please come over here. Sharon. Screen sharing, there we go. And then uh, we'll move this over. And if everybody can still hear me, now we're looking at the screen. I'm leaving about third to a quarter, depending on how you measure it, of the screen available for the live conversation. In other words, what? We do this show live every single night, 1,300 and whatever episodes, almost 1,400 episodes. You've been live every single one of those? Yeah, we go live for multiple hours. So if you figure each of those is an average of two hours, even though it's probably more like an average of more than that, two hours times 1,300, that's not even measurable how many hours we've been live. And we do that with the uh, audience being part of the show. So it's because we value the audience. So let's take a look at who showed up today. It was Krabby Turtle and Smeggy. So thanks for you, all, for you both to show up. I think that's all that's showing up tonight. Uh, let's talk about, oh, I got to grab this from over here, training for Second Amendment activism. Boom, there we go. Uh, no, she was not here, and I think that's why they came out. Uh, all right, so getting back over to it. First off, let's get rid of that font, because that font sucks. Uh, we use a good font, it's better. I use the font from the highway signs, because it's easy to read. All right, so I think that we talked about knowing the Second Amendment. Is important. 
knowing the second amendment that's how i say it because i don't got time to type that other a in there i'm so 2a i ain't got time to type it come on there so i'm going to put that with a bullet point because now we're getting fancy after knowing the second amendment is probably knowing guns maybe that's a thing feel free to be part of this otherwise just sitting here watching a person list things on a word document it's very boring knowing guns and then there would be knowing uh how to shoot i'm going to count that like go into the range or maybe i should put in or more than that you know you got your knowing how to go to a range uh, i don't have to put knowing in here so how about range like indoor and outdoor ranges Right, you got the going on, but then you also have just wild, what are we going to call these, wilderness, public lands, some of say public lands. And then, oops, and then you've got people that only ever shoot on private land. They don't even know what it's like to share public land. Yet yeah, they'll tell you how to live your life and then shoot your guns or whatever. Never gone to a public or indoor range, right? But they'll tell you how to go shooting and what to put in your, in your shooting bag. You know, they walk out their back door and shoot in their backyard. You gonna listen to that person tell you how to shoot at the range? No, just like somebody who shoots at the range, you ain't gonna listen to them tell you how to go hunting, right? So you gotta have some idea of what's going on out there and either experience it or understand what's all out there. Oh, snap. Turn it into every second matters. That makes this a very special training to be a Second Amendment activist evening. I don't have the sound to go. Dun, dun, dun. Knowing the other side's arguments. There's a good one. Thank you. That's Smeggy saying knowing the other side's arguments. I can put it up on the screen like this. I'm going to say both sides of the arguments. Both sides of the arguments. Um, I'm going to say knowing past arguments, debates, that kind of sums them both up. How about uh, knowing the playing field? So where are they even doing these arguments, debates, battles? Uh, what do you call it when it's not really a battle? When somebody just does stuff, the court of public opinion. So I'm gonna put in here the court of public opinion. Uh, you know, the courtrooms. Come on. Tease. Come on. And then courtrooms like that. And then I was going to put in the media. I mean, there's other ways to apply um, data courtroom, or I mean, courtrooms in the media and public opinion. But for this case, those are realms that the battles take place in. So, Smeggy put in data. What do you mean by, you know, where are we talking data? Um, I go, oh, I know what you're saying. So, like, know the actual facts. 
know the facts, where to uh, get supporting data about that. Because I don't think you need to know every bit of data if you know the gist of it, right? If you know what the data says and you know where to get the accurate, accurate data and if you've got bullet points or notes that you've taken from the data, you don't have to remember the data forever, I don't think. Because um, I think that's oh, that's daunting for some people who think you have to know a certain amount of stuff to be on board. I think you can know that there's people that dig it and do it, and just you got to know where they're at, and then you got to know what they summed it up to, I guess, or to some extent. Well, that's not very ASMR of you. Come on, I couldn't get a better can than that. What are they making cans bad now? Can't even ASMR this can. Know the laws. Yep, I think that's a good one. I didn't even put that one in there. I thought I kind of put that one in there, but nope. So, Krabby saying, know the laws. I'm going to say, uh, you know, you got your local. You got your local. You got your state. Come on, what is this? My keyboard's fighting me? State and national. But here's the deal. Oh, come on, are you kidding me? What is up with my keyboard? Then you also have, uh, I'm gonna put in here in this area, other states, right? States that you border on or states that you give a crap about, states where you, have your summer homes or your winter homes or whatever states where your servants live or states where your pilot lives people often forget the state where their private pilot lives because sometimes it's annoying if your private pilot can't get to where you are quickly enough because of some state law where they live right let's be smart about this let's think two steps ahead An intern would solve that? I believe so. And if there was a keyboard issue, I could just yell at the intern about it. So effectively solving the issue, you're right. I'm drinking a uh, grapefruit kombucha, which is basically near beer, I think, effectively. It's got a bunch of uh, nutrients in it that makes it good for you. Good to know what the best in states know what the other states are doing. So, yeah, I think that's important. Know the boundaries, know the realm, or whatever you want to call it, like the yeah the boundaries of the playing field. Because when somebody comes up to you and says. Oh, blah, blah, blah. We can go, well, that's worse than the worst state right now. So you really think you need to go that far? Or you could say, well, that's not even anywhere near as close as what this state's doing. And nothing's changed in that state. So why would this little slight infringement here help us? Yeah, that would be good. And knowing those kind of things aren't that hard to do. And uh, we've talked about in these conversations that you're having the conversation with the other person and whoever's listening. Right, and if you're putting it online, you're having the conversation with those two and then the audience, which could be in the future. So 
being aware of some things like the extremes with different states, for example, or the different extremes in the laws or the extremes and in the infringements, that would be, uh, I think it would go good to your um, credibility. Is that the word I'm looking for? Let me uh, move this over and save this real quick. Like, what's what are we calling this? Oh, do I, can I do this? No, nope, guess not. Um, we're going to call this uh, training to be to. I guess I could put 2022 on there. Damn, there's supposed to be no alcohol in here. Now I feel like I just drank a big gulp of beer. Is there supposed to be alcohol in these things? It's supposed to have 2 billion probiotic cultures. Is that the way that they say alcohol nowadays? Smeggy's saying, uh, well, I don't know. Is there a way to know? That's tart. That's for sure. Is there a way to know what the Overton window is? I know we talk of it, but I don't think anything actually says this is what it's looking at right now or this is what it defines, right? Hmm. All right, so then let's see. What else would be training for activism? Uh, so let's see. I think that... Um, um, I was going to say something like... Uh, having an idea. I guess it's sort of knowing the playing field still. But uh, knowing the other players, I guess. To know their uh, resources and their strengths. And then their needs. And then you've got knowing the other side, the antis, who they are. And their tactics, I guess, their playbooks, their plays. Hmm. So trying to think what else unless you've got some sort of uh, trust fund or something you need to be able to uh, so we're talking about training so you're going to need to have some sort of a, um, ability to time manage Manage, uh, and then uh, some ability to uh, to set expectations, to set reasonable.
think those are worth starting out with right off the bat. To start off, a lot of people have always, well, in my experience, a lot of people start off with uh, unreasonable expectations when they're not met. You know, they use that as a reason to decide to quit, I guess. Collaboration, so know how to collaborate, I guess, like ability to collaborate. I think along with that, or kind of similar to that, is the ability to support. Um, just support, thank you very much. To support and facilitate. Because sometimes people don't need you standing there. They, some people don't want you standing there, but sometimes they don't need you standing there, and uh, you know, but they could still use an assist. I'm going to put assist to support and facilitate because that can mean a bunch of different things. Okay, so once we get into that, how do you do all this stuff? So I'm going to say like uh, knowledge of, and then you're going to need to have some reading skills to some extent, right? Some... And I'm just saying internet skills. I would say some tech skills to some extent. Otherwise, you're, you know, you got to be able to keep up. You don't have to be able to run circles around everybody. Uh, how to do research. Oh, man, how did I miss that? Probably mice jumping up here to eat all these freaking mosquitoes, or else these mosquitoes are up here to play with all these dang mice. There's not even any food over here, so why are they even coming over here? Makes no sense. Oh, you know what? I do eat chocolate over here. So maybe they're coming over here for the chocolate. Um, know how to share resources or share talents. Can you help others and or to know how to help others and how they can help you? I'm going to call that ability to collaborate, assist, support, and facilitate. And then I think you can get an idea of the window, but okay. Um, so there's some more. Let's see. So at this point, somebody knows the Second Amendment. I'm going to say activism. I think you're, I think it's, it's okay. I don't think anybody's gonna, well, they're not gonna like it, but I'm gonna say, oh, I don't know. I think I am gonna say it. Well, uh, I wanna put in here, I'm gonna say, uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Nah, I guess I don't need to put it in here. I was gonna put something in here, but I felt like it would offend too much of the tender people, so I didn't put it in. Um, let's see. So what else do we got? Let's see. Maybe an ability slash willingness to, uh, to join in uh, rallies. Um, what are the other things called? Um, Um, 
well, legislative days, I'm gonna say events. I think that's the best word. I don't think it's necessary, but I think if everybody sat around at home, we wouldn't know, or we wouldn't know, you know, there wouldn't be that enough people. Know your allies, that's an interesting one. Where am I gonna put that one? I'm gonna put it near the playing field. I'm gonna put it at the top of the playing field, actually. Know your allies. I think that's an important one. And uh, everybody's got them, right? Everybody's got allies. Maybe you just don't know it yet. Get part of the, you know, get into the conversation and then you find them. You know what's a good one? I'm going to put it at the top because it's so good. And it's even, well, you got to know guns and stuff first, otherwise there's no point. But even before you know how to shoot, you need to know how to adapt and get over stuff and move on. Uh, so I don't know what to say move on from. So move on, uh, uh, move over. That's what they say, obstacles. Or however you spell obstacles. See, I can't spell, but I don't let that stop me. I just let robots tell me how to spell all the time. Sir, sometimes they tell me obsolesces. That's not exactly what I'm looking for. Obstacles, I have to put a T in there. Now I've got it spelled right, almost. And then a robot will tell me obstacles. There we go. So, you know, you're gonna be able to keep moving. Uh, too many tender, tender souls, like every, you know, they go, well, I want to be an activist and I know everything about guns. So everything's going to go my way and everything has to go my way or I'm going to stop. Right. So that's, I think, pretty important. If you want to be long-term, you got to be bendable instead of brittle. So you know how to adapt and move over obstacles. Then you'll learn how to get out there and shoot. You don't either have to, but knowing of it is is somehow necessary. Otherwise, you're just a nerd who's doing some kind of theoretical thing and you're gonna get duped. So it's not that it's a bad thing, it's just that you're, you're gonna suck at it. You gotta know at least of shooting. You don't have to go shooting if you don't want to, but there's enough people to ask questions to. There's definitely enough videos and stuff you can watch. You can learn what it's like to go shooting by just watching other people do it. So you don't have to do it, but you just have to know what it's all about so that you know what you're defending or what you're suggesting or whatever. And then so that some anti doesn't come along and go, all we want to do is lock all the doors on the indoor shooting ranges. It's no big deal. And you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds like no big deal because you're never even thought about that. How are you going to get in and out of the shooting range if they lock all the doors? Come on, man. So uh, knowing how to shoot. And I think people that only do one thing are basically almost ineffective because they get all weird and narrow minded about things. And again, they get duped. That's why it's such a bad thing. Because if you don't know what you don't know, then come on, man, you, you don't know it. So uh, you don't have to know everything about competition shooting to watch a couple of videos. You could hate hunting and still understand it and hunters. You can hate something and still understand it, right? So when you're talking gun stuff, that same thing. Here's another thing. You love a bunch of stuff and you can't do it, but you still pay attention to it. It's the same thing except in reverse or opposite. The stuff that you don't like, you can still pay attention to it. 
So at least experience a chunk of it uh, when you start out because then you'll have more appreciation. You won't be throwing stuff under the bus inadvertently. For example, you never talk about hunting or to a hunter. Or you never have hunters in your conversation. How do you know if you're throwing away something important to hunters? You just don't. Same thing with competition shooters. Same thing with collectors, right? Same thing with uh, just recreational shooters. They don't know, right? They, they, they have all kinds of weird ideas that are, because they're in recreational shooters, different than competition shooters. They don't care what ammo they're buying. They buy what ammo on some whim. They don't care. So, uh, you know, knowing who they are, understanding, you know, shoot a couple of magazines in their caliber as they would say, uh, walk a couple of miles in their shoes. So you got knowing uh, how to shoot both indoor and outdoor public ranges, because come on, and then go into public lands, which is different because it's shared lands and you're going to share that land with other shooters. So that means the areas that you go to are going to be in demand and oftentimes full of people at the best times of year. Uh, you're going to have to share the land with other people, four-wheelers and horseback riders and, I don't know, bicyclists, bird watchers, whatever it is you got. In Arizona, we got all that plus more. Fisher people, other people, people like me flying around drones all the time. Drones get the right of way, by the way, just, to, just FYI, so you didn't know that. It's some kind of law. Drones get the right of way. But uh, then you got private lands, which is a whole other thing, like I was mentioning before. Some people, all they ever do is walk out in their backyard. How do they know what it's like for the rest of us who don't have a backyard to just walk out and shoot into? So uh, some people never experienced that before. So how do you know what it's like to wake up and go shooting that morning? It's a pretty nice life. So I'd recommend at least trying it sometime. Sometimes you can hang out with the people that have a backyard where you can shoot in. Sometimes you can go vacation in a place like that. Anyway, that's the kind of thing that even if you can't go do it for whatever reason, you can understand it by sharing the experience with other people. So knowing how to shoot, I think it's integral. There's a couple of people out there that frustrate me to, frustrate me to no end, and I'm almost positive it's because they've never really experienced shooting. They've only theoretically thought the freedom to shoot should on the paper be a thing. And uh, they just don't have any passion for it. They don't understand it. They don't dig it. And... Uh, then you think all the people are clinical like your opinion, right? And that's not true. There's people that really, really, really like guns for lots of interesting reasons that have nothing to do with any of the things most of the clinical people think it's about. That might be controversial. Some people don't think you need to know nothing about something to have an opinion about it, which, you know, might be true. But with guns, I think it makes you a better activist by... Uh, not necessarily happen to have skin in the game, but understanding what it would be like if you had skin in the game, right? I guess uh, if anybody else is out there, you're able to put stuff in here. I'm basically just recapping this. If nobody says anything. It's been another seven minutes since anybody said anything. I'll just, you know, wrap it up. So uh, we have uh, knowing how to shoot, and then we've got knowing both sides of the arguments. I uh, can't remember if I put that in here, if that was Smeggy's, but it's a good one. Uh, because you're pointless if all you can do is shout your opinion louder in more ways. Um, mainly because I figured that out a long time ago, that we come up with awesome, interesting ways to shout our opinion really loud or really interesting, really clever ways. And if the other side ain't listening or they're immune to the stuff, the most you'll get is, oh, that was a clever way to tell me something I'm not listening to. You know, They'll acknowledge it when it was clever, but they're not acknowledging your point. 
So understanding both sides of the argument might help you understand why you're being less effective than you could be and also what their motivation is and why they're even there. Um, when I visited the anti-Trump rally, which they called the anti-gun rally in Phoenix years ago, was that 2018? Is it that long ago? It might have been even longer than that. Um, a bunch of people showed up and after being there, after being in Phoenix to experience it, thank you again to the Patreons who make it possible for me to, back even back then, decide I'm going to go to that rally. I want to see what it's all about. I'd been to every single pro-gun rally in Arizona. I wanted to see what the anti-gun rally was. If a pro-gun rally says they bring in 2,000 to 4,000 people, which I don't agree with, I think it's in the hundreds, this was 18,000 people. This was many, many, many times larger than anything I'd ever seen in Arizona, period, let alone for guns. So this was anti-guns. When they got done yelling and screaming and getting in a big fit, you know, were there, all of them were there for, pretty much, every one of them, because they hated Trump. So going there and understanding that, I'm less concerned about the 18,000 people there to hate guns, because I know I was there. I could listen to them and hear them. They're there to hate Trump. And guns was the flavor of the day to hate Trump about, but they hated Trump. So they were going to hate everything they're going to hate. And knowing that made it possible for me to keep moving without being hung up on that glitch. So I think knowing both sides of the arguments goes a good way there. It also helps when you listen to um, some of the antis uh, do their thing, because if you understand their arguments, you understand their positions, then you can understand what they're appealing to, who they're not who they're appealing to, but how they're appealing to those people. And if you understand that they're trying to appeal to, let's say, the end of violence, and they're doing it ineffectively, ineffectual, ineffectively, whatever, then that leaves money on the table. That means that we can go in and be effective in both discouraging their position, right, making their position, their lack of position more under, more clear that the reason you couldn't understand their position is because they aren't able to enunciate it. It doesn't exist. They're just alluding to a position. But if you actually thr thresh it out or whatever, um, it doesn't make any sense. You can't have their position. They want, they expect everyone to be nice to each other. They want to remove dangerous items and therefore everyone will be nice. And that just doesn't make sense. Um, anyway, so that's, I don't want to get into a thing there. Knowing the past debates, I think that one's important because knowing uh, what they've done in the past and what they're doing now lets you see if they're doing what they've done before or if they're doing something new. And by pay paying attention and keeping track of all the different things they've done, it lets you see if they're just pulling the same old stuff out of the drawer and throwing it on the table because they expect the mechanism to repeat itself and they're in the playing the recipe. Or are they bringing something new to the table? So those past debates are interesting. Plus, they give us a, a ta uh, what's the word? They give us a, when you look at all their past strategies in a row or in a timeline, trajectory, is that what I'm looking at? You, you're going to start to see a trajectory, maybe a course, maybe a direction that they're headed. So it might be obvious, it might not be. And by being aware of that, the more we're aware of it, the more we're able to anticipate what they might be thinking next or where they might be going, right? Uh, let's see. So got some more stuff coming in. Relationships with law enforcement. Interesting. So I'm going to say relationships. 
And then I'll put LEO in here. I'm not afraid to put law enforcement. And then we'll see where that goes. Uh, is it necessary as a Second Amendment activist? Yes. You have to know a cop and be friends with a cop. Eh, maybe not, but probably. I don't know. Um, let's see. So then next, thumbs up from Alan Anker, who is a uh, people in California that make things that have adhesives on them. Also, things that drape over your tables. You might want to check it out if you need some kind of graphic work done. Know how the political systems work. Oh, you know what? That's pretty crucial. So I'm going to put that as a sub thing to the Second Amendment. And, and how the systems work. Right? Because if you don't know that stuff, then you're wasting everybody's time. It's basically like your 9mm shooter. Yeah, you're wasting a bunch of ammo, but you're not shooting anything good. Uh, and how the government, let me say. What else we got in here? Annual meetups for small, annual meetups, planning for small social pro info sessions. I'm trying to figure out what all that means. I like the idea of planning for social. So I'm going to put in here a whole nother one for planning. Come on. Planning. And then planning social is amazing. I don't know if you're way ahead of me or what's going on there, but planning social is a good thing. Uh, planning meetups can be beneficial. Uh, pro 2A events. I'm going to put, uh, yeah, why not? Pro 2A event right here. Even though events would have been okay. Put the Pro 2A in there for the content. Um, planning protests. I'm not about that. And then info sessions. I'm all about that. Uh, and then I'm also going to put in articles. And... Preempt, I'm going to put in a whole separate thing, preemptive um, media. I'm just going to put in preemptive. We know that, you know, we're talking about a minute ago, we were talking about knowing their, where the hell did it go? Knowing their, uh, whatever it was, knowing their strategies and stuff. Um, once you know what they're about to do, you can put some stuff out there to trip them up. You know, you know that as soon as this happens, they're going to do that. Well, if you've got some stuff prepared, as soon as that happens, it triggers this, and now they look like a bunch of idiots. That would be great. If Trump came out as anti-gun, they'd have to love 2A. He should just come out as anti-9mm, and then we'd be fine. Or pro too many nine millimeter. I don't care. One way or the other. He could just pick out that one shitty caliber and then we'd be fine. Because then we could sacrifice that caliber. We'd go, you know what? Trump loves nine millimeter. We're gonna give up nine millimeter. We can all be happy together. Or be like, oh, Trump hates nine millimeter. Guess what? We're all gonna give up nine millimeter and we'll be happy together. It's pretty much how it ends. Everyone learns that metric was never a good idea. And then traditional measurements take over and the world gets to be at peace. Uh, more exposure at local events. 
So somewhere in here we had going to this, so creating exposure. effectively because I don't think we need a bunch of people who spend their entire time creating exposure because then they just constantly you know do things to get them stared at and that's not helping anything uh, you don't have to be lonely at Leo only .com. Oh, okay so then let's see so we're going back to the list here boy this stuff feels like there's beer in it or something or like there's alcohol in it it can't be though well i guess they if i'm old enough they probably wouldn't be like hey you know there's beer in there i don't think there's beer in here. it says it has six percent juice so i mean the rest of it's alcohol says do not shake is that because there's alcohol in here i don't think there's alcohol all right so knowing how to shoot knowing about where and what it's like to shoot in different places so you got all that down knowing both sides of the argument knowing those past debates knowing the playing field so i think that's where we were knowing those past debates is useful for whatever we talked about down here. Now we got to knowing the playing field. So I guess knowing your allies is important, at least so you don't waste your time running into them or fighting them or something. Uh, court of public opinion, I guess that's uh, one of those things where I've been paying more attention to this as uh, listening to some different podcasts and stuff, and they pay more attention to this kind of stuff. They pay more attention to or they're more worried about how people feel about everything or pay attention to how people react to things. Um, and that's one of those things where if you ignore it, it doesn't mean everyone's ignoring it. So just because you're ignoring it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So by leaving things on the table, you're letting the opponent own the court of public opinion. So knowing it is exists is important being willing to go play around in it is not necessary but people i know quite a few of them that will ignore that completely because it's some sort of badge some virtue signal of 2a to say oh i don't care about the court of public opinion but i think that's to our peril so since we've got people who are willing to dance around over there then well they're gonna no matter what you don't have to let them they're just gonna do it you can either be aware of what they're doing and try to interact with them so that you have some influence or some they're aware at least of what they could be saying uh, or they're just going to dance around um woods just got here what's the subject you're not going to like this subject it's been a nerdy subject where we've been preparing a list by talking about ways that a person could train to be a second amendment activist in 2022 i'm going to put the end here in 2022 because this isn't back 100 years ago or anything this isn't back in the 1900s and a lot of you boomers were born. This is nowadays when it matters. So there, now we've got that highlighted. I'm going to drop this a couple of lines. Now it's in italics. 
So we've got these rules for being a Second Amendment activist, essentially a recipe, and you have to do them in this order, and you have to do them in, you get less than a week. You get certain of these things you can accomplish in one day, and certain things you have less than a week to accomplish. So we have less than 30 things here. If you were to do everything on this list quickly, you'd be a Second Amendment activist within a month. So, and that's free. You don't even have to pay for this right now. Now, I'm probably type this all up and charge big money, but right now, free. You can just do this for free. All right, so that's where we're at. <clears throat> we're now down to knowing that playing field. So knowing who your allies are, then that court of public opinion, then you got the courtrooms. Where the heck was I listening to that they just tore apart the whole idea of the courtrooms? That was... Somebody I was listening to on that computer the other day, and it was great. What, oh, you know who it was? Wait, was it? Was it Riding Shotgun with Charlie? Yeah, it was Riding Shotgun with Charlie, and it was Michael Schwartz from Gun Owners Radio in California. And as soon as I listened, to, got done listening to the Riding Shotgun with Charlie, I wrote an email to that guy, and then he called me probably five minutes after the email got to him. And then I schedule them for the show, not this week, because that'll be riding shotgun with Charlie, but the weekend or the week after that will be that guy. And his whole deal is that Second Amendment, waiting for things to happen in the courts is a waste of time. I agree with him. All right. <clears throat> so then we got the media. And again, uh, I think that was one of Michael's points, too, is that the uh, Second Amendment realm ignores the media which allows the media to do whatever they feel like over there. And there's no need for that. We're better than that. We're stronger than that. And uh, there's no need to be, you know, marginalized or manipulated by a bunch of people who are simply more familiar and more comfortable with the tools and the culture over there. But uh, there's nothing stopping us. We've got Chris. We've got Gabby. We've got um, Ashley. We've got What's-His-Face. We've got... Oh, and then Bane. Well, let's not forget Johnny Rowland Shooting Show, who should basically be the one leading it. If there's a Justice League of Second Amendment media folks, Johnny Rowland Shooting Squad or Johnny Rowland Shooting Show should be the, um, well, it should be called the Johnny Rowland Shooting Squad. And Johnny Rowland Shooting Show should be the eh, Superman of it or Batman of it, whoever you want to pick. And then, uh, yeah, that would actually be pretty cool. And then they could go around. Uh, school and media because right now all we have is second amendment organization leadership or representatives showing up on national level media saying whatever they feel like and it's usually something the effect of if you gave us 30 bucks we'd like it you know it'd be great and uh, then when you have the independent media getting up there well you know what they've never done anything before so they're getting up there and going yeah anything's great for me it sounds good to me too like whatever you say is good for me yeah i'm great with that everything's cool because they've never done anything before so knowing that playing field useful i'm probably i feel like we're missing some stuff on knowing the playing field so smeggy suggests that this could be a video on each point separately. I make these videos to let the smaller channels that rip off this channel uh, have topics for free. I don't charge them nothing for it. And then they can take these and run with them. And ideally, I do such a low production value, such a lack 
of effort that they should be able to just be stellar, stellar versions of what we're talking about here. Uh, Edgar does the media training thing. No, not that I'm aware of. I mean, he must do something, but not this. This was uh, Mike from Gun Owners Radio in South or in Southern. You, you're probably not familiar with this area, but the San Diego area of Southern California. Uh, that guy who does uh, Gun Owners Radio is from the San Diego area of Southern California, and. Uh, that's the guy who was talking about that uh, we don't capitalize on the media enough. Really interesting interview. It's the last riding shotgun with Charlie, or I think it's the last riding shotgun with Charlie. Highly recommend if you're listening to it, if you haven't. Uh, let's see. So like I say, I'm pretty sure we're missing something with knowing the playing field. So if anybody's got ideas for why I could shove in there, I'll shove it in there. Next is knowing the facts. So as a second amendment activist in 2022, you got to know the facts. You got to know where to get the supporting data for those facts. Also, I'm going to put in here, know how to relate them. Because so many people are like, oh, I know about a fact. And then that's all they can tell you. So maybe um, uh, we talked about that before, but have a resource to offer. And then, uh, you know, that idea of having something that you can say, Look, we're just talking now, so this isn't the right time. But if you check out this link later, it'll explain what I'm talking about. So having resources out there, um, you know, are pretty important. And I'm going to put that over here. Internet skills, content creation skills. Creation skills and guess what? It's not over because then you also have to have content distribution skills or guess what? You're talking to the wall, buddy. So you need to be able to create content and distribute it to some extent. Uh, let's see. So then... Now you get to know the laws. So this is where you have to go to lawyer school. You're going to have to know every local law, every state law, every other state's law, and every national law. Should you know the history of all the laws? Probably. Should you know the potential laws that might be coming? Of course. So it's just every local state and other states and national laws that might or have ever happened and the ones that exist. It's not that many laws. It's just all of them and all the ones that have always ever happened and all the ones that might happen. Once you've known that, you can consider yourself this portion of a Second Amendment activist. That's approximately one-eighth of a Second Amendment activist. Then you have to know what the best and worst states are, sounds like. And I think that's handy. Is it possible? No. Because what's the criteria for best and worst states? That's the problem. Knowing the other players in 2A. You know, that's kind of the knowing your playing field. But I think in this context, we are talking know who they are so that you can know your role. I'm going to put that in here too. Guess that. I'm going to put that right in here. Know your role. 
So in other words, if everybody's out there being a bunch of, let's just say Marines, then you don't need another Marine. You only need like four Marines and they take care of everything. If you're the fifth one, then go do something else. Go do something in the air. Go do something in the water. Uh, next we have knowing the other players' strengths, resources, and needs. Because then I think even if you can't supply the needs, if you know what other people need, when you come across the other second amendment activist, you know, who's got what they're looking for and they just don't haven't met up with each other, now you've got your usefulness, right? So part of the collaboration and everything, but uh, I think knowing the other players on our side is a big deal or a useful element, useful skill. Then you've got the antis, knowing who they are and knowing their plays. Do you think that, uh, I really don't think, and I don't want to put it in here, but I don't think paying attention to them is all that necessary. Uh, one of the, you know, it's like the barking dog. You need to know what a dog is and you need to know when a dog's a threat and you should probably know what to do when a dog is a threat. But that doesn't mean you got to stop and sniff the butt of every barking dog, right? Um, you know, you can, you can just walk past a lot of the walking dogs and understand that they're walking dogs. And it doesn't really matter if they got a long snoot or a short snoot or if they got a loud bark or a quiet bark. If they're a barking dog and you're not, they're not in your way, then keep walking, right? It might be useful for somebody to keep track of how many dogs there were so that, you know, you might have that info in the future. But uh, moving on, we've got some comments. Let me see what these comments are. Legos and Aristotle wasn't wrong. Um, some of the other things could be subtopics to know the playing field, like knowing the history, the arguments on both sides. Yeah, technically, like knowing the bigger stuff is kind of the playing field. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think I could agree with that. So like thousands of laws, maybe tens of thousands of laws. It's not that many laws. You may need to take a week off of work to learn the laws, and then they'll make up more laws, but it's okay. What is this, communism? Everyone to their strengths? Hmm, that's a good point. So uh, maybe being a good Second Amendment activist is knowing how to do all of this stuff a little bit. Um, being a good teammate, being a good uh, uh, re resource or asset to the collective group, it would be... Uh, knowing how to do everything, but that could be called communism, being a resource to the collective group, just saying. All right, so knowing the other player... Oh, come on, what's happening over here? We don't need anything going on over there. Uh, knowing the other players, we got that one, and the antis and their plays. Okay, ability to time manage. I'm an expert at this, so I can definitely tell you that you need to know how to time manage because stupid time keeps going all the time. You know what the most valuable thing is? It's time, because you can buy everything else. Uh, that's why watches cost so much, and that's why calendars are more important than watches, because there's more time in a calendar than there is in a watch. So being able to set reasonable expectations, again, I'm going to default to Mike at the end of the interview with Riding Shotgun with Charlie. Is that that interview? Yeah, it was. He says something that he that I could, I've been attempting to come to put into words for a while, but he's a professional and I'm uh, you know, just trying. But uh, something to the effect of setting up reasonable expectations as an activist so that you don't burn out and so that you don't uh, 
again, have an unreasonable expectation of what you thought you were going to accomplish or what you think you're going to accomplish each time, right? Uh, let's see. The book club was interesting. The Shan Shan was all send in the moms. The answer is DC project. Oh, nice. Let's see. Uh, so I think those ability to set reasonable expectations is an interesting one. And since it's kind of new to me that, I mean, it's been there all the time, but the first time someone's expressed it in the specific realm of being a Second Amendment activist, I'm going to be putting a lot more attention into that. It's, it's, an, it's scratched an itch that I've had for a while now, and I didn't know how to express it. So that's a good one. And that might be a key to some of the, some future longevity. So uh, every single person listening to this is going to at one point go, yeah, it's too much already. I'm done with this. Every one of you, every single person that's listening to this. So how do we deal with that as the group so that we incorporate that tendency? And then I don't think we can end it. I don't think anybody wants to brainwash everybody into never leaving, but at the same time, prevent the things that might be preventable so that we don't lose valuable people. Um, maybe it's nine millimeter. I've said it all along, kind of thought about it. And I've, I've mentioned it occasionally, but nine millimeter could be the problem for all of this. A lot of people, they get into guns. They think they're cool. I'm going to buy a caliber. Everybody says nine millimeter is so good. All these junkies and addicts think it's such a great idea. They buy one and they hate it. And they think, well, all these junkies and addicts think it's so good. Maybe I'll buy another one. And then they've got two nine millimeters. Now they're addicted to it themselves. And they just never can get satisfied. Can you imagine owning three or four nine millimeters and not one of them is as decent as a 44? Not one of them can be as satisfying as even a 22 Magnum. And then at some point you go, you know what? Guns are lame and stupid. Maybe Shan Shan was right. And then you become an anti-gun. And I'm not saying it happens to every nine millimeter shooter. I'm just saying probably does. But, uh, you know, maybe we can set expectations for those new 9mm shooters and maybe give them a something extra right off the bat. Oh, you're buying a 9mm? I tell you what, why don't you shoot a 38 Special just in case? Just in case you realize that that's a decent caliber. You know, we can solve this. All right, roll with the punches. You can burn out if there are too many losses unless you can deal with it. I guess that's true. See, everybody's got their own way of burning out maybe so that's that's another part of it so understanding the oh and then i think see i don't know i think that's part of set reasonable explanations i guess understand i don't know if this needs to be said but understand not everyone will uh fight let's just put it that way um because there's a lot like say each one of these things could be whole conversations but uh setting your reasonable expectations for yourselves and for everyone else uh not everyone goes to and is in has the opportunity to experience things that offer awareness of what a true team can accomplish so if you're a person who's who understands what i'm talking about or you really know what i'm talking about Together, each accomplishes more. That's what team is all about. Together, each accomplishes more. Two people can do so much more than what two people can do individually. Two people can do the work of three or four people. Five people can do the work of many people, dozens, right? A dozen people can 
accomplished goals. It's just over. Like you don't need more than a dozen people. Some people, you know, Marines need more than a dozen people. But uh, um, reasonable expectations of what you can do and uh, what the others are able and willing to do is uh, is important because, like I say, not everybody understands. And and it's tough once you once you've experienced it. Once you've had a win with other people. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole nother. It's like a whole nother level. I believe they call it a whole nother level on the streets. All right. Next up is the ability to collaborate. And, you know, everybody could put stuff in here if they want, but I don't think anybody else put anything else in here. We're coming up on the hour mark. So just a timetable indicator. Ability to collaborate. I think that's necessary. And in fact, if you're not willing to collaborate, then all you are is a distraction and a barking dog. You're not helping anything and you're just getting in the way of everybody. So if you're going to be in the fight but not participate, you're just a wild card. If you're going to grab a gun and go to the battle, but you're not going to pay attention to what everybody else is doing, you're literally a loose cannon. So a lot of people fancy that and they think it's cool because it's, you know, they watch TV or something. But uh, the lack of collaboration and the lack of interest in collaboration creates a situation where there's a lack of successes from collaboration. When there's a lack of obvious successes due to collaboration, it inspires less to collaborate and you create a situation where no one's inspired to collaborate. On the other hand, successful collaborations breed, you know, create more collaborations. Others see what's accomplished and strive to participate in that process. Effective collaborations and successful collaborations result in successful collaborators, which then seek out more successful collaborations. So that's a... Uh, I think it's a necessity at this point. You don't have to follow through, but you have to be able to, right? You have to be able to work with the others. Some people just ain't gonna. But those are one of the ways you can tell the uh, exploiters, the ones that are just going to jump up. It's a, it's an election year. I've already seen a couple of them. The old standbys are jumping up out of nowhere. Hey, hey, I'm back again. Hey, remember me? I'm back again. I got a t-shirt for sale. I'm selling beanbags again. All right. Um, Wood says, I have to collaborate every day. Well, there we are. Click pro tip. Not everyone in the team can do the same amount of work depending on the task. Well, of course. And that's where uh, experience with collaboration lets you understand that uh, you don't give the task that's requires somebody to be this tall to somebody who's that tall. And you don't give the task of fitting through that little skinny area to that big fat guy and vice versa, right? You don't give the task of holding on to this to the skinny guy because he ain't going to be able to hold on to it. So uh, yeah, collaboration allows you to understand the strengths and weaknesses of those others. So then we get to ability to assist, support, and facilitate. So collaboration is not just everybody arm wrestling and everybody doing some kind of crazy square dance where people get thrown all around and lifted in the air and spun around by their elbows or whatever. Instead, we're talking about, uh, you know, people working together to accomplish a goal. And often 
No one even needs to be in the driver's seat. Often, you can all just pick up the sides of the float and shake it all around. Or one of those dragons. Like, let's think of it as a dragon float. Nobody needs to be in the dragon float for everybody to pick it up and shake it all around. What happens when hundreds of people pick up a dragon float and shake it all around? It magically transforms into a giant dragon that's just magically floating around, right? So, uh, you know, being able to support and assist others or other, other projects is infinitely uh, necessary. One, because it establishes some successes. It starts to create stuff, right? Things happen. You're going to learn. You're going to have successes. You're going to have failures. You're going to learn from both the successes and failures. Those uh, successes are going to start to tally and accumulate, and people are going to cha be challenged by that. People are going to be inspired by that. And at the same time, you're going to be thrashing through platforms and techniques and, and equipment and skill sets. So, uh, you know, being able to support folks who are doing that is creating the next. It's creating the evolution of whatever's next. So having that ability to be well, creative and and uh, um, preemptive, preactive, proactive, is that a real word? Be proactive in support uh, is also something that, uh, in, ah, what am I doing? Ah, 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 ah hold on. Ah. Maybe that's why the mouse is in here. I forgot that earlier I was smacking a black widow with this electric fly swatter and I just ran it across my face for some reason, like an idiot. And I'm just making sure I didn't wipe a black widow on my face. All right, I didn't. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, we've got some potential there, uh, some creative team ups. Think of some some uh, Alfreds and some Batman team ups that could could effectively solve 2A. Maybe some Commissioner Gordon, Alfred, Batman, Robin team-ups of 2A. I'm just saying. A lot of chats will sit around going, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to talk about. You could say, who's Batman, Robin, uh, Alfred, and Catwoman, and the Joker of 2A. You know, the Joker would be Pelosi or somebody. But uh, you know what I'm saying? You can come up with that. You're allowed to do that. You don't have to wait for somebody to say it's okay. Uh, let's see. Next is, I tell rookie teachers this metaphor. Don't worry. If experienced people can row the canoe with their paddle deeper in the water, get your paddle as deep as you can. Hmm. Number one, not all of us are paddlers. So some people aren't going to understand that. I live in a desert. I'm not offended that you're going to bring up a paddle analogy because I happen to be a paddleist or a paddle enthusiast, so I understand what you're saying there. I don't know if I'd say it like that. I think I'd say, just get your paddle in the water. But uh, I guess you, ex you expect them to be eager and for them to be capable. So, you know, their style doesn't have to be good, but they'd also, are you telling them they don't have to wait to dig in? Is that what you're saying? So I get what you're saying. It's just that I think that the, uh, the assumption that everyone understands a paddle analogy is very water, wateristic doesn't uh doesn't uh isn't oh it isn't uh uh what's the word it isn't uh woke to our desert uh society over here culture excuse me our desert cultures 
All right, so I think that's enough of ability to assist, although there's probably more. I believe there could be possibly more to talk about in that realm. Let's see, so knowledge of, and then we got reading skills because of the whole books and whatnot, and otherwise you don't know how to read cursive and stuff, then you're stuck, right? So reading is probably a good idea. Some people say it's fundamental. You've got your internet skills, which are definitely fundamental, because if you can't use the internet, then what's the point of reading, really? It's the only reason you learn to read is so that you can use the internet good. But uh, there's lots and lots of interesting things on the internet, and a lot of people just observe it. A lot of people skim the very surface outside of the internet without realizing that there's a lot of inside stuff in there. And some of it's pretty lame, and some of it's pretty waste of time, but some of the best stuff ever is down inside the internet. So uh, it's worth being able to learn how to dig around in there. And uh, there's a couple of ways using browsers, using techniques that uh, don't leave a trail and don't, um, and not to leave a trail for like any reason, like you're doing anything nefarious, but leave a trail like uh, if you want your computer to be work quickly, but you insist on leaving a trail everywhere you go because of marketing and because of things that are trying to sell you something, then you, there's ways you can turn all that stuff off effectively and just be quicker online, have more useful time online and spend time on what you're actually interested in. And those are the kind of internet skills that make getting something accomplished online just less time and effort. And so uh, understanding some basic skills, uh, I think, are critical, really. And uh, then we got content creation skills, which is pretty easy these days if you've got a phone you can do it and that's all you need if you've got a computer you can also do stuff and that's all you need and that's all you need it's one of those two things and if you've got a phone or a computer you can do it for free you just have to have time and the inclination to do it or you can uh, spend any amount of money a little bit of money or a lot of money and get the tools that can do either specific things incredibly well or broad number of things in packages so that you can accomplish just almost anything you've ever seen can be accomplished at this point almost everything you've seen really online and offline but definitely online can be accomplished in an inexpensive way or a very expensive you know uh developed way but if you're just trying to get a, something across, you can almost always do it in a very inexpensive, interesting way or in a very in, inexpensive and low effort way. And that can be incredibly interesting for just uh, uh, confidence online and understanding what's possible and uh, being able to get be, be uh, useful in or be effective communication, to be an effective communicator. That's the words I'm looking for. So uh, this content creation skills is something that is necessary, but the volume or the, the amount of it is variable because we don't need everybody to be 100%, but it's worth it for everyone to be aware. Uh, when it comes to content distribution skills, same thing. Uh, you might find that by working with one element of content creation, you like, I don't know, audio or animation or intros or something, some element, thumbnails, like some element of everything you find interesting and you like. But you might find that it has nothing to do with the creation of content. 
you might find for some reason it's interesting to distribute and follow the analytics on the, the content that's created because there's so many ways that you can follow who watched what, when, from where, and why, and what they were fed before that and where they went after. And all that data, which Smeggy kind of talked about, isn't necessarily Second Amendment specific, but it can be useful for gaining skills that allow us to be more effective communicators, uh, both in our distribution of content and our um, message itself, so that the message can be uh, understood and reach the correct amount of people or the correct person for the type of content. Pretty neat stuff. Uh, is a dessert made of hopelessness and despair? I think a dessert made of hopelessness and despair is called a pie of some sort. Probably a fruit pie because typically a fruit pie is fake because it's just fruit put into some bread, which is fake. So not really a dessert. So I think that's what you mean. I'm not sure. Um, you know what else I don't like as far as desserts go? The cobblers, which is kind of like a pie without a bottom. So it's even worse than a regular pie. Oh, I forgot about tech skills. So what do I have for tech skills here? Probably meant uh, computers and phones and that kind of thing. And probably the better off you are as far as not being hindered by it, the better off you can, you know, the more time you can spend on the activism part of it. Here's the other part. That might be someone's weakness and that might be someone's strengths. So just like the Wonder Twins, you put them together and now they help each other. And now the thing that is exciting and easy for somebody takes the burden and the obligation off of somebody else. And you've got a perfect team up, right? So hopefully we can uh, work on stuff like that. And then research skills. I think we all have different abilities there for sure, but some people are really good at it. And some people um, are, have access to things that are just uh, insane. So, uh, and that might be communities of people, really. Think about like veterans uh, conversations and uh, interviews and stuff like that. So some research skills would be pretty neat. Um, and then just an awareness of content, you know, just an awareness of what's been going on, an awareness of the conversation perhaps is the same thing as research. So people that have just been paying attention for a while are ultimately valuable. There's very, very few people that have simply been paying attention for a while. So being able to offer your insight and awareness and recollection from any amount of time on the clock, being aware of this stuff can be ultimately useful for people that are new, eager, and unaware of what came before them. Uh, let's see. So would saying I'm intimidated by the editing, hence I don't make any of my own. And then Smeggy says I'm lazy with the editing, so I do all my stuff live. Um, editing is one of those things that is quickly, especially with AI, it is quickly becoming a smaller and smaller portion of the thing. It's still a thing. And if you want to be artsy fartsy or super, you know, um, in control of what happens, then, you know, you need to know some of it, but there's some crazy stuff on the phones that just lets you do some really interesting stuff quickly. Um, and then again, expectations. 
I'm going to go back to expectations since these guys are talking about being discouraged about their skill sets. Um, looking at a nice movie poster is one thing, but sketching something so that someone gets the point across doesn't need to be a fancy movie poster. You know, it only has to be a napkin sketch. So I hear you, but not everything has to be our banner uh, content or the thing that everyone's going to whatever. Sometimes it's just that napkin sketch that gets the person who can do the famous painting gives them the concept. Oh, okay. You want a famous painting of this. Let me get to a famous painting of that now. You know what I mean? So sometimes the person who has the napkin sketch is critical. It's like completely necessary for the spark. Oftentimes, in fact, I think, and I, maybe I'm wrong, but I think people that are super skilled in an area are almost useless almost everywhere else, right? Because they spend all their time being super focused. I don't know what that's like because I'm a, basically a master of so many things, but I know that some people get all caught up on one thing and they're really good at it and they're basically effectively useless on everything else. If you need an example, uh, let's say you're a shooter and let's say you pick nine millimeters your caliber and you're going to become focused on that. You're going to become a nine millimeter junkie and you're always going to, oh, that's all you're ever going to do is talk about it. Effectively useless. So... Let's uh, take a moment and remember all those excellent potential shooters we had that got caught up into the life of nine millimeter and wasted their lives on that. All right. So next is, uh oh, a lot of people aren't going to want to hear this one because this is our arch nemesis doing stuff with other people. The ability and willingness to join in rallies and events, creating a exposure effectively. Interesting. So, even if you don't join the rally, you know, getting people to a rally who are interested, uh, even if you're interested, but someone who's going is more necessary to be there, right? Uh, maybe somebody who's never gone before, but if by going, they're going to get past their glitch, you know, maybe there's something there. We're doing something to get somebody there. Have you ever heard of a show called Locked and Loaded Latinos? It's on on Sunday. It's pretty much the best Second Amendment show you're going to listen to each week that's live when they feel like doing a show anymore. They're super fa famous now, so they don't even do shows when they feel like it. But uh, it's on on Sundays. It's on during when all the other radio shows are on. And they effectively started their advocacy by attending the 2A rally in D.C. in 2019. It was an unprecedented event, a non-political, non-sponsored Second Amendment focused rally in Washington, D.C. with very little prep time, brought people from all over the country together. A couple of people took the stage and said stuff. We took the uh, lawn on the uh, Capitol steps there, and it was pretty awesome. I was able to uh, haul ass from Tucson to get out there to experience it. And on the way back, Oh, shit. Is that when I went to the... No. No, it wasn't. I was saying that was at the castle. I didn't get to go to the castle. But I did get to go back, hang out with Pink and Marco and, and uh, Kingpin and other people. And then I think I came back through... I came back through Kingpin... Or came back through Pink's place. We fixed the uh, van a little bit. And then came back through uh, Wanamaker. And then Gun Rights Policy Conference and... No. Gun rights policy was in Phoenix. So I had to go back to Phoenix for the gun rights policy conference. 
anyway, so um, the rallies are pretty awesome. They can inspire uh, individuals, content creators, couples uh, to do their thing. They can also send some of them spinning off into oblivion, which a couple happened to a couple of them that you don't hear from from that event. Uh, so when you bring people together, there's a lot of positives. One of the positives is the fake losers get figured out really fast. Like it's super easy when everybody's actually standing there looking at each other to figure out who the fake losers are. And that's what happened in D.C. Nobody really talks about that aspect of it because we're all too nice, I guess. But, uh, yeah, there was at least one fake loser who got figured out at that thing. And then... Uh, you were gone a long time that trip? I don't think so, really. It was pretty quick. I went there and came right back. The one in 18, I was gone a long time on for sure. That was uh, the year before. Oh, you know what? I got to go back and look at the trips again. I did the... No. I Whenever the... It was in 18... No. Wait, maybe it was 19. No. In 18... I'm trying to remember when the trans, whenever the transmission died and I had to buy a new transmission for the van, that's when I decided to go to DC, or I mean to the castle, because I said, screw it, I already ruined this trip, it's destroyed. That's everything else on the trip was on my credit card. That was the year the ghost uh, auctioned off an AR-15 and that was like 350 bucks or something, 500, something like that. It was it was some hundreds of dollars, but otherwise that, that whole entire trip to the castle is on my credit card that's one of the credit cards i'm still paying off but um that was for gun rights policy conference 17 so that would have been in 17 and on the way back i went to uh there so 19 would have been gun rights policy conference in phoenix so i went all the way over there and then came all the way back to go to phoenix so i wasn't really on the road that long that year it was more like a fast trip, which was lame. Because if I'm going to drive all the way back to D.C. ever again, I'm going to the castle again. There's no reason not to go to that castle. All right. Well, anyway, so go into rallies. They're necessary because they get people together to meet in person. And uh, we get to hear each other. A lot of times everybody's like, oh, yeah, this person's cool or whatever. And they know what they're doing. You get there in person and they're not that person. You know, they're a different person. They, it's more obvious when they're together for that. Uh, the other hand, it can be... Uh, you know, the positive parts of that where, you know, you barely get a chance to really talk when you're at a rally, uh, you get a chance to really talk. So now you can cement some stuff. You can really get some collaborations in. Uh, the Arizona rallies, for example, are great opportunities. I mean, they're, they're five hours long and they're fairly easy to attend compared to other rallies I've been to. So um, anyway, the ability and willingness to join into these rallies is crucial because, again, the rallies themselves exist pretend them give the rally its size and scale and that's observed by so many people so if we don't have activists who are willing to attend those rallies they don't create the sky size and scale to get the attention and the uh, admiration of the community or the respect of the antis uh, and again i don't think you can consider yourself an activist if you're unwilling like you can be unable to go to a rally lots of people can't go to a rally there's like rallies happening this month that i can't go to because i can't afford to but willing to go to the rallies is a whole different thing uh you can be against rallies i guess but willing to assemble when necessary so i don't think a rally is the key thing there 
but I think the willingness to work with others and show up to uh, exercise that First Amendment right to assemble. Uh, if you don't assemble occasionally, then you'll never know the people you're working with. How do you know you're not dealing with nothing but feds, nothing but federal agents who are masquerading as your friends online if you don't meet up with them once in a while? Pat them down, frisk them, ask them a bunch of questions, right? Run a couple ID checks on them. No big deal. Uh, let's see. And then creating exposure effectively. I think that has to do with the optics of having tiny rallies versus the optics of having rallies that spill over and take up all those parking in the whole area, right? Uh, effective Second Amendment advocacy would be being able to participate in that and effectively uh, or even potentially uh, helping to facilitate that, either setting it up or, you know, working at it or volunteering at it. Next is relationships with law enforcement. I forgot who said that one, either Smeggy or um, the turtle. So yeah, I'm not sure. I guess having relationships with a lot of entities is probably a good idea. How about, um, what are they called, representatives? <clears throat> I mean, having re relationships with law enforcement doesn't hurt nothing. Um, it can give you some insight. Having relationships with representatives is pretty important. Uh, having relationships with local uh, gun shops, I think it's an important thing. There's one local gun shop here that owes me 350 bucks, for example. And uh, that's the kind of relationship you can't pay for. That guy certainly didn't pay 350 bucks for it. Um, Having relationships with the industry is probably a good idea. If you can, you know, it's not like you're obligated to it. They might be looking for somebody, though. Uh, and then uh, relationships with other 2A activists. That's probably a good idea. Having relationships with the media. It's probably a good idea. The mass media we're talking about here about relationships with antis. What do you think of that? Having relationships with the anti-gun types. Anti-gun owner rights. Maybe having relationships with uh, civic uh, orgs, dot organizations. Um, so when they need volunteers or they need uh, help or resources, you know, the having uh, some kind of a relationship with the local groups and then a relationship with the local industry uh, could provide some kind of, um, you know, opportunities for the gun industry and the firearms community to uh, provide for those civic organizations and uh, create the optics that we all know exist that gun owners care about their communities. Uh, also, when you care about your communities and let's have relationships with um, the medical profession, medical field, because uh, if you're uh, given a care about your community, you're hopefully creating, come on, can I spell anything right tonight? Uh, hopefully, once you have this, uh, this participation in your community and you hopefully achieve some positive results with the uh, conditions for folks who are uh, affected poorly by whatever's happening to give them bad 
situation, then uh, you've alleviated stress in their lives, if nothing else, if not actual medical issues, which could prevent and eliminate any kind of leading anything that leads up to uh, self-harm. So, you know, being aware of what the medical field is out there and doing and whatnot, and uh, aware of the uh, uh, medical health or mental health uh, realms there, you know, that whole thing, relationships there. Support in groups like Hold My Gun and maybe same as other, probably the same. Um, there's groups that are out there that, uh, you know, can do stuff. And then there's campaigns, you know, being, creating campaigns and, uh, sharing posters and stuff. I mean, we know Walk the Talk America has some pamphlets. The, um, what's it called? The, uh, Stop the Bleed project has some, uh, pamphlets and things that can be distributed and classes that can be taken. There's, uh, everybody hates the NRA because you're, bonus points for hating the NRA or whatever, but uh, they've got some, well, not just Eddie the Eagle, but they've got some uh, women on target. It's some other first, shit, first shot uh, type of projects, which are ripoffs of uh, Tony Simon's uh, in, in introduction and orientation to firearms. But there are some uh, NRA prepared materials that you can hand out uh, for new shooters and that kind of thing. All right, so next we get to planning. I think planning skill sets, the skill of planning and the ability to time manage and that kind of stuff we talked about, but uh, planning out uh, social posts and campaigns. Uh, you know, if you're going to get serious about activism, then that creates uh, at least not necessarily a need but at least the opportunity to be serious with your tools so uh you know if you're going to be a professional plumber then you might pay more attention to your wrenches if you're going to be chopping down trees for a living you might shop or sharpen your axes a little more more often so if you're going to be using your social media posts as a second amendment activist for uh both individual posts and campaigns uh, you might want to have some kind of strategy. You might want to have an overall aesthetic to your to your uh, projects, or understand uh, have realistic expectations and understand that if you lack those things that are expected, don't expect the uh, massive number of uh, interaction and in posts and reposts and numbers and views and all that kind of stuff that you might expect if you were. Uh, doing everything the way it's expected or the recipe calls for. Uh, planning meetups. I think I mentioned potentially earlier in this broadcast about the, uh, the importance of meeting up and uh, exercising our First Amendment right to assemble. So being able or useful in the uh, meeting up process, you know, creating a facility, scheduling the time, uh, doing the uh, adjacent tasks such as uh, parking and food and uh, facilities and after the event follow-ups bringing people in to sponsor and support those who are uh, creating the environment or the the situation uh, those meetups are not just done and again we had people that came into the community a couple of years ago and said you know that's my forte i'm really gonna make everything work a lot better i'm, I'm so good at this and you wait and wait and see what i do 
right? So what we need is people that can actually follow through on that and uh, give the Second Amendment realm the footing and the confidence and the awareness of how to create Second Amendment or First Amendment opportunities for assembly to talk about our Second Amendment. And uh, again, that's the kind of thing that any community should be doing, but the Second Amendment community has a more important reason to be doing it. More importantly, we have done it, so we know how to do it. Uh, so meetup, super critical. Then you got your Pro 2A events, including meeting up together, but you've got your other opportunities where people meet and either creating them into, you know, using them as a vector for Second Amendment stuff, and then uh, creating new uh, events and, and get-togethers that are focused on 2A specifically. Uh, planning info sessions. I think that one came from Smeggy, so I might be getting this one wrong. But uh, you know, having laid out uh, opportunities to have insight into these kind of specific things, I do it. It'd be great if other people did it, because then it would become part of our what's it called? Part of our dynamic or like part of our community. We it it is happening. The uh, girl in a gun. You know, that brings together hundreds of ladies to do skill building up training and awareness. And they do that in Colorado each year. And one of their part of their one of the facets of their instruction and their training is to become better activists and uh, become aware of what's uh, current in Second Amendment uh, activism. So uh, part of that is we got to get good we, we can always get better at it but we should also recognize the amazing strides that have already taken place in that realm i hate to uh suggest that any things we're talking about on this list have never been accomplished or have yet to be accomplished in fact pretty much everything on this list is always accomplished and it's just a matter of how much as an individual you want to take on or which as which facets you want to uh, champion or work on then we got articles, planning out articles. It's kind of like planning social posts, but I don't know why I wrote it in there separately. If somebody else put it in there, they can elaborate. But uh, I guess on the idea of posts versus campaigns, you know, you can put out a thing and you can put out things when they come to your mind or you can put out things as you come across them or you can put out things on a deliberate basis, on a scheduled, thought out, strategic reason. And that's what I think of when I see planning articles, knowing that people are going to have tendencies and people are going to react in typical ways gives us the ability to, with thinking about the world and the way it is, gives us the ability to set things out there, either scheduled or ready to be used in anticipation for circumstances. The other side does it. We see it all the time. We mock them and blame them for it, but we never take advantage of that uh, resource or that skill, and we never really do that. We're never motivated to get a bunch of things ready, to plan things out. I mean, I shouldn't say nobody does. Some people do. But in general, we tend to be spur of the moment, impulse reactive, and not strategic or uh, you know long-term. We're playing uh, darts versus people playing chess or somebody playing Risk or one of those games. It's really hard to play and it takes a long time. Monopoly, maybe. 
Uh, then we've got article, I said articles. Then we've got preemptive media, similar to what I was just saying. If we know that they're going to come out after this and say that, then all we got to do is put something out that makes it look like they'd be idiots to say this again. And then they say it again and they look like idiots and then we win. So being preemptive is something like what Michael was talking about, understanding the media and getting a relationship with them so that when they want to reach out to both sides, they understand that you're uh, an ally and not somebody to be screwed around with. And uh, part of the way you can, or one of the reasons you would do that is so that you can have a relationship with media that gives you the opportunity to create an article or a post preemptively, or at least uh, in a timely manner compared to when the reactionary exploitive coverage of a situation is going to come out as expected, right? All right, well, that's a bunch of words, and they have to do with Second Amendment activism. I don't do this because I'm going to get rich and famous. Most people don't know who I am, or uh, I think hopefully people know why I'm doing this, but not everybody even knows how I'm doing it. But uh, the idea is to use the Internet and its interactive nature to create things that get are useful and move things along in a positive direction. Uh, I have... Uh, so much time on the planet i'm deciding to use it to uh inform the future about what it's like to be a gun owner today to encourage those who are in the second amendment realm who have a voice and value it who are attempting to be activists i'd like to encourage them and inspire them and motivate them and facilitate them and offer resources whenever possible so that's what this is all about we'll take the notes that were created here in this fake-ass Word doc that I don't pay Microsoft for. I'll happily play Adobe, even though they're a giant company because they offer some amazing software. But I don't pay for Microsoft. I use this uh, free version of Word over here, which is very similar to a Word program. But I'll take this and make it the description of this video. Encourage you to uh, share it if you think it was useful. Uh, this was about 90 minutes long. We'll take this when it's all done and uh, take the video and uh, share it to a couple of different video hosting platforms. Our favorite is one called guntube.org, run by a friend of ours named Mike over in South, South Carolina, who uh, has been running the site now for quite a few years, and it's for gun owners by gun owners. We also post this on UGETube. I've also met the person that runs that organization up in Utah, and uh, while it's a more First Amendment free speech platform, they are comfortable and familiar with guns and welcome gun content, so I try to post everything over there. I also post on gunstreamer.com, another Second Amendment and gun-related platform to post video. And then Utreon and uh, sometimes a couple of the other video hosting platforms that people have in current months decided is useful, but uh, I'm still a little skeptical on. I'm always curious, though, of the response to people when I do post these things on these alternative platforms. So if you're listening out there in the future, feel free to leave some feedback. Additionally, I take the audio from these and turn them into podcasts so people can listen to them. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we record this thing in the middle of the night. Eventually, we'll get enough funding or support to just run a show all night. We'll have different guests who you know, think it's neat to stay up and chat guns. We'll have some night owls that stay up all the time. Oh, wait, Alan Anchor? No, night owls. And then... Uh, uh, Oh, I guess I was getting to say, if you were listening to this as a podcast, that means you uh, go somewhere and you download it. If you would, give us some feedback there. Give us the little thumbs up or the hearts or the pointy sign, whatever it happens to be. 
and that gives us the humans on this end of the internet some awareness that you're out there and when we make the decisions of where to be putting this thing each week usually while i'm listening to gizzard gary then uh you know your feedback lets me know that there are people over there so keep posting it there if i never hear anything from a platform i'll sometimes skip posting it there a few weeks and see if anybody makes any complaining about it and then that lets me know if it's worth taking that time not that it takes that much time it's just that you know it's a bunch of clicks so if i can save myself a few clicks i can do something else during that time all right, with that being said, we uh, enjoy doing the show. We'll be back tomorrow with a wrap-up of the week. Uh, tomorrow is also Free Patch Friday over at our Gear website store. So thanks to the Patreons who make it possible for us to keep the servers going and pay for the software that we use to create all this stuff. More importantly, to take the time, because that's really the expensive part of this whole thing. And then uh, we supplement that with our Gear website store. On Fridays, everything you order at the store comes along with free patches. No coupons, no codes or nothing. Anything you order just automatically comes along with free patches. So we really appreciate the people that save up and purchase stuff at the end of the week. Um, some people are getting paid to be up all night. Good point. And I'd like to do the same. So uh, thanks again to everybody who did show up live. Pink is out there. Krabby Turtle is out there. Woods is out there. Smeggy is out there. All friends. I haven't met Krabby Turtle before, but... Uh, I've slept on Smeggy's floor before. I've slept at Pink's place before. Um, so 50% of the audience tonight, I've slept at their house. I've been to Alan Anker's place before. I've never been to Gun Metal Guy. So yeah, so 50% of the people that are listening tonight, I've been at their house. So yeah, basically I'm sending this out to my friends and three other people. But if you're listening to this in the future, you count too. So thanks, everybody, for showing up or listening in the future. Uh, like I said, we'll be back to pick you up later. Gearwebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at Gearwebsites.com. Guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching gunwebsites.com.